<laughs> Hello, emerging writers. Welcome. We're so glad that you could join us today as we sip tea and discover our inner storytellers. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my best friend Kayla and my sister Jordan. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Or good uh, afternoon. Or good night. Good morrow. Good morrow. <laughs> and then I chickened out. <laughs> uh, you didn't commit. <laughs> no. So we'll be taking a bit of a break from our usual deep dives into writing for today's tea time topic, narrators and point of view. We'll be going off of the assumption that most people listening to this already are aware of the different types of point of view and narrators, so we won't spend too much time on them. That being said, Kayla, would you like to start us off with reviewing them briefly and just so we know what we're working with today? Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty straightforward. There's three main types, but people only really write in two. So there's first person, which is writing like, I'm getting up, I'm getting my coffee, I spilled it everywhere, everything is terrible, I want to die. <laughs> yes, that's what that is. And then there's second person, which is like, you're getting up, you spilled your coffee, it's everywhere, you're terrible. <laughs> but... This is only really used in, like, choose-your-own-adventure books. Like, it's kind of uncomfortable to read. Yeah. So people don't really write in second point of view very often. It feels unnatural, to be sure. It's kind of upsetting because it's like, you're looking at him. You're, And I'm like, no, maybe I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> your, your body is, no. <laughs> My body is not doing that, madam. <laughs> I've... So there's like choose your own adventure novels that write in it, but also I've stumbled across a couple fanfics that do it. And as soon as I read a paragraph, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I can't read second person fanfics either. I just say, oh, nope, not, not for me. That's so adventurous of them. But for yes, choice. Like, I, I approve of you trying a new thing. But... I, I applaud your attempt. But don't. <laughs> do not. <laughs> okay, so back on track. And then there's third person, which there's two types of that. So there's third person limited, like Kayla is getting up and she's running late and she spilled her coffee. And it's just from my perspective, but being narrated. And then there's third person omniscient, yes. mm -hmm. which is like, Kayla's getting ready. She spilled her coffee. She's going to be running late and her boss is going to be furious. And then it talks from her boss's point of view. So that's omniscient gives uh, more aspects of the world and general knowledge of the world, like an omniscient God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They know what people are feeling and yeah, it's kind of like a deeper thing than limited because limited you, you don't really delve too deeply in what people's motivations are, but you can in omniscient. Third person omniscient kind of reminds me of the Sims. Like you can switch around to each Sim and see how all of them are doing and control their lives. Yeah. There's like a mixture of the two that you can also do. Mm. You can play around with it as much as you want where the narrator is limited to certain characters, but between those characters, they know everything about them and they can see into all of their thoughts and feelings and stuff, but typically it only looks at these ones. And if it does switch to other characters, it doesn't see into their head and, and know what they're thinking and feeling. Would that be like a fantasy story that switches between like three people's point of view, but not It many? could be. Um, I've read stories where there's one main character 
and the narrator can occasionally, when necessary in a scene, switch to another one to give some feedback, but it's not as deep as with the main character, but it's deeper than a limited narrator would be able to. Okay, that makes or, sense. Um, there's like a group of them. There's a main character, but sometimes it'll switch between just this small group or something okay. like that. I kind of do that in my story, and that's kind of a difficult thing. I think you really have to pay attention and know what does this narrator actually know, because sometimes you want to say, oh, this person's thinking this, but you don't actually know what that mm -hmm. person's thinking. So you have to be careful not to overstep the boundaries and lay it out so you know what the narrator can say and cannot say. In my writing, typically, my narrator is a mixture of Omniscient and Limited where it can switch between different characters, but when it's on one character, it's locked to that character and it mm. can't see into the minds of anyone else's and it basically sees the world through that character's eyes and with that character's interpretations of the world. My novel is uh, third person limited in the most limited of senses where it just follows the one person's story and their point of view. It's basically first person, but I like the writing style of third person more mm -hmm. so it's the most limited <laughs> yeah i use third the most often i've done one story that was in first person that was a reader insert thing um it was kind of interesting but not really my favorite but i do read that a lot in like romance novels a lot of them are first person yes they are and i think you can get really into the character and it provides a lot of internal insight if you're using first person so I think that's a good place to use it. I really enjoy reading first person but I felt like writing it I was a little bit too limited in the way I could describe things and kind of set the stage and so I've mm -hmm. been writing in third person for the last few years but I used to write a lot in first person. I've written one story in first person ever in my life and it was because I was in a writing class and we wrote one short story with all of our own ideas and our own style and stuff like that. And then when we went to go write our second short story, the requirement was we had to do the opposite of what we did before. So they had to be the opposite sex and it had to be a different point of view than you wrote in last time. So I wrote a male in the first person. The interesting thing about writing in third person is that it basically introduces a whole new character in itself because the narrator is kind of their own person. Mm -hmm. They can have more or less personality depending, like they can be a very subjective or objective sort of narrator, but through like your writing style and the voice that you give, the narrator has their own kind of personality. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can see that. When I am working on my thing I'm writing right now, I kind of color most of the situations through my main character's kind of some word choice, but I try not to feature that too heavily unless it's conversation. But I do try to do occasional scenes from someone else's point of view. Like if my character's unconscious, I will switch. But I definitely denote that it's a different chunk and like either start a new chapter or have a page or a line break visible so that you can see that it's jumping to someone else. And those usually are not as in-depth as the parts with my character point of view switches are tricky sometimes because mm -hmm. if you don't want if, if you want to keep it in the middle of a scene and you're not deep enough into like make a new chapter you have to make it feel really natural or make a really denounced 
break in the page. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot stand reading something where the point of view is constantly switching, but once in a while it's okay as long as as a reader I understand what's happening. I've read some stuff where it switches point of view and you don't, there's not enough context clues in either the formatting or the style to realize until you're several paragraphs in and thoroughly confused. Yeah, I really don't like that. I don't like when things aren't clear and I get lost in a story and have to go back and figure Mm -hmm. out who's talking or what, if this is a time skip or I have a hard time with those. If you don't do it well, it throws me out of a story very quickly. I also get really attached to a main character. That's the most important person in the story to me. And I have to like them. And then I don't really like anyone else, or at least not as much. I'm not, I'm not invested in anyone else. I'm invested in the main character and their story. And there's a lot of stories or books right now that are really popular that tell the stories of many different characters. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult for me to get into those. I tried reading Game of Thrones three different times and I got to the exact same point every time and then got bored because there's so many different characters and I can't like all of them. And I was interested in Daenerys' story and it goes on for a good portion of the beginning of the book telling her story, but then it switches to too many different people. And I'm just like, I can't care about this many characters. And I already know everyone's going to die. So (laughs) yeah, I tried reading Game of Thrones twice and also fell out of it both times when I was like, oh, I don't like this person's story or narration. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the books, but watching the show, I definitely skipped through and only watched the characters that I enjoyed. And then I couldn't really keep up with it because there was too much going on with characters I didn't like or too many of my favorites died right away. And then it wasn't very much fun to watch anymore. In my favorite series, some books are more heavily riddled with it than others where it switches between different characters. And I usually end up skimming through those chapters of like, well, there might be important information that I need to know. So I'll try and get through it. But I really just want to get back to the main story and the character that I care about. I like reading series where for the full book, they'll switch to someone else's perspective and story. But within the books, it's not jumping back and forth too much. Yeah, with the stuff I've been reading this last week, one of the reverse harems was all from the girl's perspective and then the other one that I read jumped around to all the different characters it wasn't too bad though I didn't mind it because they were all very damaged flawed characters and it gave you a little bit of insight on why they behaved the way they did but it just happened to be done well but I generally don't like things that jump back and forth in the point of view through the whole book I actually don't mind as much when it comes to romance stories mm-hmm. if they switch to the male's point of view just because I like to see what their opinions are of the main character that I'm invested in. Mm -hmm. Like, I Mm -hmm. want that little glimpse into their eyes of, oh, well, what were they thinking when this happened? Or what are their thoughts about them? That sort of thing. It's me just being nosy, really. (laughs) I'd be a lot more likely to read a romance where they jumped between the two in the book rather than, like, a second book from the male's perspective. Because I do not like rehashing at all. With romance, I really like when they'll alternate chapters and I'll be like, yes, I want to watch you fall in love with the other person too. So I really get into that. Yeah, that's one of the few places that I like it. It's harder for me with like adventure stories because like Stephanie said, I do get invested in one person and I'm not as interested in the other characters generally. So I don't necessarily want 
huge chunks of it to be from their perspective. But if you manage to set up two or three really interesting characters, like you, it can happen. I've read a book that was like that and I did enjoy all the different characters she used. I think she used three different perspectives. It's so funny because I'm the biggest hypocrite because what ended up working the best for me to tell my tale and my story was to have it bounce back and forth between my two main characters. <laughs> so I'm just the worst <laughs> sort of person. You're like, I hate all these books. Oh no, my book I is going to be one of these I books. I have to write that book. <laughs> I can handle when it's two characters. I start to lose it when it's three or four or God forbid five or six. Oh yes, that's what oh, I read. <laughs> I I can't even think of the name of the series, but after a while, I remember very vividly this fantasy book series I read a few years ago where I fell in love with the main character and then they kept introducing point of views. And by the like second or third book, I was skimming half of the book because I was like, I just want to read her story. And I, I liked the character well enough that I finished the series by not reading half of the book for the last one or two books and yeah it just got obnoxious it was like you haven't put in the character building and the like emotional investment from the reader to the characters for these other secondary characters like don't tell their story and their point of view if you're not gonna put in the work to make the character have enough depth to care about them Mm -hmm. yeah so I think another thing you have to remember is to use a specific narrator type and make sure that the voice you're telling the story in is, or you're sticking to whatever you choose that to be. Like being consistent? Yeah. I think it's kind of fun to have an unreliable narrator. And that is where the narrator is saying things, but it isn't necessarily true or it's their truth rather than the truth of the world. I think that can be really interesting you can add a lot of like twists and turns and suspense and surprises but you have to make sure that I don't know if you have to make sure that they know that it's unreliable but at some point it usually comes clear like oh this person isn't 100% knowledgeable so you I think they use it a lot in like um, suspenseful stories Mm -hmm. detective stuff Mm -hmm. if it's from the viewpoint of the detective the narrator may not be as reliable because you only have the information that the individual has yeah. One that I really like is by uh, Jody Picoult, and it's called Plain Truth. I didn't like love the book, but it really stood out in my mind that the narrator was unreliable. Because um, the whole thing, there's this Amish girl, I think she's 18, and she has a baby, but I think doesn't remember having a baby. Oh. And then eventually... Oh, okay. Yeah. She <laughs> kind of blocked it out in her head because... It goes against the culture and she wasn't supposed to do it. But then someone is suing her, I think, for murder. And so it's like the whole story is going and trying to figure out, like, did she have this baby? Did this actually happen? And you're, like, confused the whole time because she doesn't remember what happened because she's blocked it out. And it turns out at the end, like, that I think her mom... Spoilers. Sorry. Spoilers, yes. Her (laughs) mom took the baby and I can't remember if it died or if the mom did something to it. Like, I don't know if it was natural causes or not, but in the whole thing, it was kind of pointed out because they never focused really on the mom. Mm. So you kind of had a thought like, hmm, why is she being so quiet when everyone else isn't? But it was really interesting and it stood out to me as an example of a unreliable narrator. 
I think unreliable narrators or even limited perspective is really useful when there's a mystery involved because you can kind of give enough clues but obscure enough that the reader can still be surprised by some of the twists. Yeah, they definitely use it in like like Shutter Island or like Memento are movies that I remember it happening where you don't quite know what's going on and it adds Mm -hmm. to the suspense and makes it interesting when you finally figure out what the actual story is instead of what the person's truth is. Mm-hmm. Unreliable narrators can be in more mundane stories as well, just based on the character's like outlook on the world. Like Huckleberry Finn in Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's an unreliable narrator because he has this child's perspective on the world and that mm-hmm. colors how he interprets the situations around him and what happens to him and um, like the treatment of black people, because that's a, a pretty big deal in that story. And it's all skewed by his perspective of the world. There's enough information presented in the story for us as readers, as adults to look at it and know what's actually going on because we're presented the actual like factual information mm-hmm. but also his interpretation of it yeah you hear his commentary and yeah so take. you can you can see that he's an unreliable narrator but it's also balanced with we're given the actual information that we need to come to the real conclusion and that's an important balance to find with an unreliable narrator because you don't want to lead your audience so astray that they couldn't have come to the right conclusion if they were looking oh yeah because mm-hmm. then That'll take you out of a story if yeah. all of a sudden you're like, then they wait, feel what? Feel, yeah, I was about to say cheated. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, you feel like you were really betrayed and kind of ripped off if you weren't given enough clues. Yeah, it's also a sign of weak writing. Yeah. Yeah, you need to have a plan if you're going to use an element like an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to know your points like really well so it comes across well and does what you wanted it to do. Now, they can also be used to, to color the opinion of the readers for different characters. Because if mm-hmm. you're invested in a main character and they dislike Nancy Sue over here because of X, Y, and Z, and that's all they know about that character, that's all you're going to know, and you're going to also dislike that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it can be used in a lot of different ways, and your character might be otherwise reliable in other situations, but maybe they aren't as well-versed in this area, and so they're unreliable here. So one book I really want to talk about when it comes to narrators is one I've mentioned before on the podcast, but Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss has a really interesting uh, point of view and narration style in that the story is told in third person, I think kind of omniscient, but most of the book is written in the perspective of the main character, Koth, telling his story to a chronicle scribe man (laughs) the character is called the chronicler but i felt like i wouldn't pronounce that right so then i chickened out and said scribe last minute (laughs) scribe man (laughs) anyway he's orally telling the story in uh first person and there's moments that you really feel the weight of it being narrated and the story being told. Like in the second book, A Wise Man's Fear, he sums up his whole uh, journey on a boat in about a page. And there was piracy and there was a shipwreck and all of his stuff got stolen or lost (laughs) at sea. And like, I feel like that page was put into the book to really reinforce that 
this is being narrated. This is a story being told by someone who's unreliable, who chooses to skim over things or omit things. And the whole two books, it's a trilogy, but the third book's not out because I don't deserve nice things. (laughs) (laughs) I have waited years. I will wait for more years. I will die before it comes out. (laughs) But uh, there's an overall theme of what is storytelling and what's the purpose of story. And there's a lot of interesting narration on that within the books. And it goes over two different point of views in really interesting ways. And also within his story, sometimes he recounts fables and stories he tells during his life. And so it will, it's like a story within a story within the context of it being a novel which is a story (laughs) and so you get all of these different interesting styles of narration and point of view uh it's just a really great example for a book to read if you want to study that a little bit more and get some examples of point of view and narration especially unreliable narrators because i very fully believe the third book is gonna have some twists and turns once he stops telling the story and other action happens and you figure out things that he omitted because mm-hmm. there's a lot of foreshadowing for that to come. I could talk for hours about this. <laughs> <laughs> she steps down from her soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start recording, I wanted us to talk about like unique narrator voices and unreliable narrators because examples like that I think are really interesting. And one of the ones that I thought of right away for like unique narrators was the narrator in the Chronicles of Narnia. It's told like someone is telling you a story that actually happened. And it's told in this very uh, like storybook sort of fashion. And I personally really love that sort of storytelling. It's got this poetic nature to it. Mm. And I, I ascribe to that sort of writing <laughs> myself. Um, <laughs> I really strive to encompass that in my own writing because I think it's really fun and it's whimsical and it fits fantasy. And I don't know. I just really love the way that that narrator was written. He's got kind of his own personality because he kind of adds in his own little like jives sometimes, but mostly he doesn't distract. I really enjoy a storyteller kind of storybook feel to writing. So I aspire towards a little bit of that narration myself. I can relate. (laughs) I think I like reading it. It's not like a game killer or anything if I don't have that, but they're interesting to read for sure. It's not a game killer for me but I have found that the books I enjoy the most tend to be written in that way Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't necessarily like go searching for it because it's really hard to find a book in that way but if I look back on them that's usually what they are like Howl's Moving Castle and the Green Rider series they have like a rhythmic flow to the way that they're written yeah I agree with that I do enjoy books that have that rhythm and flow I don't think I can do that in my stuff but that's just a problem I have with my own writing everyone's got their own sort of rhythm in the way that they write it just depends on on the individual and I don't think that poetic and flowery prose is necessarily better it's just a different style it's one that I really aspire towards but um it's not the only thing that people enjoy reading by any means yeah I think I like things that are more straightforward I don't like to have to pick through a lot of people being superfluous, which can happen with that. Not everyone who writes that way does it, but some people get too bogged down in using big flowery words and 
it kind of takes away from stories sometimes. So that makes me think of how different types of stories usually tend towards different types of narration and uh, point of view choices. Mm -hmm. Like first person point of views are usually within romance or young adult. Young adult a lot of the time has that sort of thing going on. And they're usually very straightforward. There's not a lot of poetic rhythm in it. Mm -hmm. It's very basic level writing, I would say. Yeah, definitely like easy to read. Yeah, quick to get through. Not not very dense at all. Not like you have to devote your entire focus to the book or you're missing something huge. You're not going to be trying to remember what that big word means. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I've been reading mostly lately. I've been struggling to get back into reading lately, and so I've been reading a lot of quick, straightforward, easy-to-read stories a lot in first person, and I've also been reading a book of essays, which is so entirely outside of the realm of things that I usually read that I find it fascinating. I think reading all sorts is beneficial to building your own, because one, it helps you find out what you like and what you don't like, and two, one of the best ways to improve your writing is to read. Uh, In that sense, I also caution at least myself against reading things that are poorly written because I always worry that that's going to seep into my own writing and I'm going to get worse at writing because I read something that's really bad. (laughs) But I'm also very impressionable. Like I can watch a couple of episodes of a show from like Britain and then I start talking with a British accent Or when we had to read Charles Dickens, I went to go write and my writing very distinctly sounded like Charles Dickens. (laughs) So I'm just impressionable. That might just be me and my own problems. I don't know if what I read impacts my writing so clearly so easily because I read a lot of easy to read, quick, maybe not the best written stuff. But my writing doesn't immediately take that on. At least I hope it doesn't. Maybe in (laughs) editing, I'll learn that I too am impressionable. (laughs) Some days you'll be like, why is this so different from the rest of my writing? (laughs) You just have like a notebook of what you watched that day and you're like, ah, yep, there it is. I see it right there. (laughs) I don't know if that's a thing for me or not. I think it depends on the story. I could definitely start writing a thing in a specific style, but... It would just depend. Yeah. I think most of the time you find what style comes naturally to you. And then for the most part, people tend to just stick with it. And that's not a bad thing or a good thing. Like reaching out towards something new and different helps you grow. And you could find out that you also enjoy this other style of writing. Or it might just fit the story that you're trying to tell way better. Like my main novel isn't nearly as fairy tale storybooky as another short story I wrote about um, witches. They require different sorts of narrators and tone, I guess. So it just depends on the story you want to tell, what sort of narrator, which point of view you're going to use. Yeah, I write a lot of poetry and that has a very different feeling than the prose that I write. And so I think it depends on the story and the writing format that you choose. And a lot of times the perspective and narration will kind of just naturally flow. Like all of my poetry is my own personal life. And so there's a lot of first person there when there's even a clear perspective, but all of my prose has been third person lately. 
I just had like an epiphany about poetry, apparently. Oh. Because you brought it up and I was going to object and be like, I don't know if that really fits in with what we're talking about with narrators. And I was like, poetry tells a story and there's definitely a narrator telling you the story. Anyway, that's just an aside <laughs> of my own internal thinking while you were speaking and I was not listening to you. <laughs> uh, poetry slam or slam. <laughs> I said that poetry? wrong. Slam poetry <laughs> is a lot of their perspective as people. And so that's a lot of first person, which is really interesting because the poetry I was taught in school was a lot of the kind of stuffier poetry that <laughs> tends to be snooty stuff third person more storytelling and yeah no i i got into poetry after getting into slam poetry which has a totally different style of narration and point of view and so i think that um it's it's really interesting to look at narration when it comes to a different medium of writing. Because, like you said, you didn't even think about it. You were going to reprimand me wrongly. <laughs> I'm also very much not into poetry. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess now we'll pass the question off to you guys, <laughs> since we've been talking long enough. Is there a specific point of view type that you lean towards in your own writing? Uh, have you dabbled in others? And do you think one is better than the other to read what are some of the quirky or unique narrators you've come across in stories that have really stuck with you or inspired you in your writing join us on our facebook group writers emerging or follow us on tumblr instagram and twitter links as always in the description we look forward to seeing you next week